so I'll cherish thee on rugged cross till my trophies at last I lay down. I will cling to your rugged cross and exchange someday for a crown. Thank you, Brother David. Yep. Finally got my feet on the ground a little bit. <clears throat> I couldn't find my notes. Oops. <laughs> this Bible's so big that I'm I'm using here right now. What I tell you, it just don't pay to get up late. <laughs> you get up late and you it, it fouls you up. Would you believe maybe God had a plan for this? Huh? Would you believe maybe God had a plan for this? <laughs> yeah. Uh, the bulletin says that I'm supposed to be speaking On some, uh, another Jesus, a different spirit. Well, we'll use that, the Lord willing, next Sunday. I don't have those notes, and I can't, I can't do it without them. Today, I want to speak to you from the book of John. Turn with me to John chapter five. And drop your eye down to verse number 32. John 5 and verse 32. I'm going to talk to you by the help of the Lord on the subject of some things that Jesus never did. John chapter 5 and verse 32 reads, There is another that beareth witness of me, and I know that the witness which he witnesseth of me is true. You sent unto John, and he bare witness unto the truth. But I receive not testimony from men, but these things I say unto you, that you might be saved. He was a burning and a shining light, and you were willing for a season to rejoice in his light. But I have a greater witness than that of John, 
For the works which the Father hath given me to finish, the same works that I do, bear witness of me that the Father hath sent me. And verse 37, And the Father himself which has sent me hath borne witness of me. I have neither heard his voice at any time, nor seen his shape. And ye have not his word abiding in you, for whom he hath sent him ye believe not. Search the scripture in verse 39. For in them ye think ye have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. And ye will not come to me that ye might have life. My dear Father, I pray that the Holy Spirit speak through me and help me, dear Lord, to expand this passage of Scripture somewhat for the people today. Thank you, dear Father, for the people who have come. I've come here today to hear from the Word of God. And I pray, dear Lord, the Spirit of God might speak to our hearts today. Should there be someone among us not yet saved, I pray the Spirit of God might bring them to conviction of sin, repentance toward God and faith in Jesus Christ, I pray, Amen. amen. Now, <clears throat> some of you may be expecting me to say that some of the things that Jesus never did he never smoked cigarette. He never did snuff. He never told a dirty joke. He never got drunk. He never missed church or prayer meeting. That's all true. But this morning, the thing I want to deal with are things that Jesus never did that prove His deity. That prove that He is, in fact, God. These things prove that Jesus never did prove the fact that He is God. Jesus Christ is God. Manifest in flesh. Our God is triune. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Jesus is the second person of the Godhead. First thing I want to bring to your attention is Jesus never sought advice. Now how contrary that is to our way of life. <laughs> I suppose I have sought advice every every week, every day of my life. I maybe sought some advice one way or another. I have sought advice from a lawyer. I have sought advice from a doctor. I've sought advice from some of you. At times we need 
advice from those who know more about a subject than we ourselves know. <clears throat> Jesus never sought advice. He never needed to. Turn with me to 1 Kings chapter 3. 1 Kings chapter number 3. You suppose I could ever get there myself? First Kings chapter three, and uh, I'm going to look at verses seven through nine. And now, O Lord my God, Thou hast made Thy servant king instead of David my father. And I am but a little child and know not how to go out or come in. And thy servant is in the midst of thy people which thou hast chosen, a great people that cannot be numbered nor counted for multitude. Give therefore thy servant an understanding heart to judge thy people that I may discern between good and bad for who is able to judge this so great a people? That's 1 Kings chapter 3, verses 7 through 9. This is spoken by a man who was known as a, a wisest man. But you know what? Jesus never sought advice. He's not Jesus, but Jesus never sought advice himself. He didn't need to have advice. All of us have needed advice one time or another. Don't sometimes we don't know what to do. So we need advice. The Lord Jesus didn't need, he already knew everything. Then secondly, I want you to know that Jesus not only never sought advice, but secondly, Jesus never changed his mind. Never had... Many had been the times I've had changed my mind. I remember one time uh, one of the men, this is years ago, back when I was black-headed. I spoke to a couple of the men of the church. One of them said to me, said, Preacher, I wish you could make up your mind. I thought to myself, I, suppose I did not know what I wanted to do myself. We often have to change our mind um, sometimes we run into someone with a persuasive tongue. Uh, 
and they change their mind and uh, uh, then we have to change back because we got persuaded to go in one direction and we decided that's not the way to go and so we had to change our mind. Jesus never was persuaded by someone to do one thing and then change his mind and have to go back. No. Jesus never changed his mind. Not even about a single thing was never any need for him to change his mind. I've changed my mind <clears throat> a many a time through the years. Then I want you to notice number three. Jesus never in a hurry. Oh, boy, today I was in a hurry. I was in such a hurry today. I walked in this room. I didn't even have my socks on. Well, I had uh, I had one sock on. I put one sock on on the way here in the car. <clears throat> but I'm so old. I went to pull up my other foot, and the da the the, the da Danny's seat is so far back. I couldn't get the other leg up far enough to put my other sock on. So I put my other sock on after I got here to church. Oh boy. I, I, was, in a, I was in a mess this morning. Um, I was in a hurry. And uh, uh, let me give you an example. Jesus was never in a hurry. When Lazarus got sick, they told Jesus about it. <laughs> he waited still two more days before he went to him. He was in no hurry to get to him. Now, you contrast Jesus in John chapter 20 with Mary and Peter and uh, they got in a hurry but he never did. There was no need for it. I guess the man was about right who said uh, three words characterize America. Hurry, worry, and bury. That's America today. But Jesus never got in a hurry. But He's always there on time. And still is. So, we find that Jesus never sought advice. He never changed His mind. Never got in a hurry. Then before, Jesus never made a mistake. Have you? Oh, I give you a list of men in the Bible who made a mistake. You take, for instance, Abraham in Genesis chapter 16. 
with Hagar. That was a mistake. Then Moses, in Exodus chapter 2, slew an Egyptian as a mistake. Then David, in 2 Samuel, with Bathsheba, that was a mistake. Peter, John chapter 18, he denied the Lord not once, twice, but three times. That was a mistake. Paul, he's the persecutor of the Lord's churches. That was a mistake. I have made many mistakes in my life. I've made many mistakes in my marriage, dealing with my children from time to time, doing some things that tried to raise my kids. And I look back at it, I thought I could do a better job than that. But uh, I made mistakes, plenty of them. But Jesus never made a mistake. Isn't that great to know that we have a Lord like this? Our Lord Jesus Christ never sought advice, never changed his mind, never was in a hurry, never made a mistake. And he was never surprised. The Lord Jesus never was surprised. Often we read that the disciples were amazed. They were surprised. They were astonished. They marveled. When Judas betrayed the Lord Jesus, Jesus was not one bit surprised. With Judas. He knew that Judas was going to do it before he did it. I have been surprised when people have done things that kind of shocked me. I felt like I was had been betrayed. Well, No need in being surprised. When Peter denied Jesus, when when Peter denied Jesus, Jesus wasn't surprised with him. Jesus expected it. In fact, he predicted it. Jesus was never surprised. And then I want you to notice. Jesus never confessed a single sin. This fact alone should prove forever that He is God. Never confessed a sin because He had no sin. Jesus asked the question, which of you convinces me of sin? He had no sin. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse number 19. 
describes him as a lamb without spot and without blemish. I tell you right now, you go to examining me, you find a lot of spots and a lot of blemishes. But Jesus was without, without a spot and without a blemish. A lamb without spot or without blemish. That's the Lord Jesus Christ. First, or rather, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse number 21 says, For he hath made him, Christ, to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. You see, we're all sinners. Not one of us without sin. We're sinners by nature. We're sinners by practice. We're sinners by choice. The Lord Jesus Christ, born without sin, He did not have an earthly father. The Virgin Mary gave birth to to the Son of God made like unto us but without sin. The Lord Jesus Christ is a man like you or me. He knew what hunger was. He knew what pain was. The Lord Jesus Christ was without sin he lived here on this earth for 33 years and He went to the cross of Calvary and there sinful men put the Son of God to death on the cross of Calvary. There He suffered for our sins in His sinless body. Amen. He had no sin. He took upon Himself, however, our sins in His suffering. And He paid our awful sin debt completely. You thank God for the blessed Holy Spirit that after you were born, the Spirit of God brought you to the place that you were able to see the fact that you were a sinner. Jesus Christ died for sinners. Have you come to the place yet to where that you recognize you're a sinner? You never get saved until you do. You got to get saved. You got to get lost in order to get saved. Have you come to the place to realize that you are lost? And you're on your way to hell. Oh, may God help you to see. If you haven't come to that place already, that you're lost and you need Christ as your Savior. The Lord Jesus Christ died on the cross of Calvary to pay our awful sin. We couldn't pay it ourselves. But He paid it for us. Philippian jailer asked Paul and Silas, he said, what must I do to be saved? 
you could ask the same question. What must I do to be saved? Paul and Silas told Philippian jailer, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. The same message today. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. You can be saved just by faith. You can't be saved by any kind of works. You can't be saved by anything that you do. You lost. The only way to be saved is to believe. Believe on the Lord. All the work has been done. There's nothing that you could do that God would accept. You just have to trust the Lord Jesus. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. If you're able to trust the Lord Jesus Christ, know that your sins have been covered by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you can come to that place, you can come to a place that you know that you've been reconciled to God by faith in Jesus Christ. The question is, will you come to Him for reconciliation that your sins might be covered? Your sins must be paid for. And the only way that your sins can be paid for is by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's all stand if you would please. <clears throat> My Father in heaven, I want to thank you for the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. How that the Lord Jesus Christ died for us on the cross of Calvary. And I pray, dear Lord, for those who may be among us today who have not yet come to the place of repentance toward God and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. I pray, dear Lord, the blessed Holy Spirit would bring them to conviction of their sins that they might be able to recognize that they are sinners. The Bible teaches us plainly that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And there's not one that is without need of the blood of Christ. And I pray, dear Father, for any among us yet who have not yet come to trust Christ, oh, that the Holy Spirit would bring them to a place of repentance toward God and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Glorify thy holy self in our lives. Direct us by thy spirit. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you, folks. You know why?